What's up, what's happening? Welcome to episode 11 of the Yankshaft F1 podcast. Group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me as always from the nation's capital, we've got Johnny Gums. How's it happening? And from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we've got Ian. Hello, listeners. Guys, we got another good race this week. An absolute stunner in France of all places. We've been very, very, very blessed this season with a lot of amazing races. And outside of all the blue on the screen and on the track that I wasn't a big fan of, it was a really good race in uh, France this week. Yeah, there's a reason we're not into uh, MotoGP over here. We don't like those blue tracks, but no, we, it's definitely been a, a season for the books and, and I'm glad to be here for it. Yeah. That's, I think out of the, we're seven races in right now. I think it's the fourth one where like with six laps or less remaining, we didn't know who was going to win. And after last season of just Mercedes absolutely dominating every single race, I mean, it's even better than we thought it was going to be. I just wanted to touch on how, how great of a, of a season that this has been. I mean, like how different, just how different for you guys is this viewing experience this year, waking up every Sunday been compared to last year of just the Mercedes dominance? It's been great. I mean, the, the running joke in Formula One, especially for some of the newer, newer audiences always, all right, the, the, the great part about Formula One is the start and then whoever leads out of the first turn mm-hmm. wins the race and the rest of the race just basically doesn't matter. And for a long time, that's how Formula One is. And what we're seeing, especially this season, is that we're, I mean, you don't know. Like, I mean, even to even this in France where you had, you had looked like Red Bull was going to run away with it. But you had Mercedes and you had Red Bull came back. And it was just like, this is such a crazy season. And we've had so many good tight races where it's not just guys out there just setting fastest laps winning. There actually is racing going on. Yeah, I found it so much more enjoyable. And, and it seems like now any given Sunday, you're bound to get an incredible race. And I think it's due to the, the measures taken by the FIA and the, the hard work put in by all these teams, basically to, to completely change up their cars over this past year to, to accommodate those rule, new rules and everything. And it's all culminated in, in, in just beautiful racing. And I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, I mean, we all thought that like next year, the big regulation changes was we we were all kind of waiting for that. Um, that got pushed off for COVID to to kind of shake things up a bit. But it it's been this year. It's been these subtle changes that they made this year that that gave and Honda bringing a great power unit, Red Bull really stepping up to the plate. And I don't know if part of this is because Mercedes had their eyes on 2022 a little bit too much or what the deal is, but. It's it's led to some great racing almost every single week here. I mean, and this was Paul Ricard. Like the French Grand Prix is not known for being an exciting race. So if we're getting if we're getting a great race here, I'm very excited for the rest of the year. But we got to get into more drama at Mercedes. Another week, another unmercedes like mistake from Mercedes. Is is anybody sweating yet? Like, are we starting to get worried that they they this they might not be able to bounce back like they traditionally do this year? Yeah, I, I think the big thing is that, I mean, and, and I'm hesitant to call Mercedes this um, quote-unquote mistake, even though they probably should have gone with the two-pit strategy, but they've had success with the one-pit strategy in the past, so I get it. But I think, and kind of the point of this season is that Mercedes normally is so much better than their competition. They would have been fine with a one-stop strategy because their car is just that much better. And they were leading the race with 10 to 15 laps to go. They had one and two position. 
Um, but again, I think the the main thing for me is that there seems to be a lot more internal, just kind of back and forth and bickering, especially with Bottas and Wolf going on. Um, that that I'm more concerned about because that's not something you're used to. You know, that's more of a cr- crack in the armor, per se, and kind of let them know there might be more internal turmoil with that team than we think on the surface. Yeah, at least from our perspective, we're seeing a lot more of that. And who knows, maybe it's all good inside, but from what we're able to see on the coverage and everything, it really does feel like there's more drama. Toto's more on edge. Bottas is starting to to speak out more against the team. Johnny, how, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, certainly. Uh, another week and... Another week in another race where Checo Perez is finishing ahead of Bottas. So it seems to me like the plan is working over at Red Bull. They, they're they going out and accomplishing what they had set in mind at the start of the season, whereas uh, things seem to be unraveling for Mercedes. And we're going to have to wait another week for them to get that redemption. Um, <clears throat> and to be honest, I don't I don't see it coming. Uh, Red Bull looked stronger mistake free Mercedes has been the absolute opposite. So I, I think it's definitely a uh, time to start ringing at least some alarm bells over there. And I think a lot of that too, is just the pressure that Red Bull's putting on them with a better car and a better second play. I mean, as we're seeing this season, you know, Checo Perez is better than anything they've had at Red Bull the past couple seasons Absolutely. and to where, and to where in the past where it was Mercedes was just putting the pressure on themselves to drive better, which is, you know, which is what you need and what all drivers do, but having the pressure come from outside with another team versus just them internally, um, I think is kind of why they're just having a little more struggles this season. And really, they're really feeling it this year compared to years past. Go for it, Johnny. I was just going to say to add insult to injury, Verstappen's out here bagging fastest lap points and everything. They're not even managing to pull pull that off. So, yeah, we can be interesting to see where they go from here it feels like maybe like they they've been if like they've been practicing at a really high level for like the last season and a half now you know and they've been trying to keep that you know competitiveness up and be like we're going to be ready but until you get in it's like you know get trying to get ready for like the nba playoffs or something like until you get in that moment like a lot of these young guys no matter how hard you you try to prepare for it you're not ready for that moment and it feels like the moment kind of caught mercedes off guard a little bit this year and they weren't quite ready for the level of competition that red bull was able to bring at them and there's still a lot of the season left to go and we could be having a completely different conversation in a few weeks from now but at this point in time yeah no i mean it's, it's definitely fair that um mercedes is, it sounds crazy to say but mercedes needs to step their game up and do better yeah big time um to get it get into red bull i don't really have much to much more to add other than what we've kind of already said i mean it's been it's been kind of the the perfect storm for them this year it was mercedes got taken back a little bit by the the little regulation changes um they brought a great car and Checo has been settling in more and more every week. He looks, I mean, we've been saying for weeks that he did or, you know, multiple races that he he's exactly what they need. And he seems to be getting better. He's up there fighting, letting Max pass, you know, trying to keep Bottas and, and Hamilton at bay going with these super long, long stints, making his tires last like 40 laps. Like it's, it's everything that we could like Red Bull could have hoped for coming into this season. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head is that, you know, Checo has been, he's been fantastic for Red Bull this season and is exactly what they've been needing and been lacking in years past. And with Verstappen only seem to be getting better as a driver, having a, you know, legitimate and no offense to any of the drivers that, you know, have been the second guy with, uh, with Red Bull, but Checo is better than anything they've had in the past few seasons. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's always a little bit of luck involved in, in these things when it comes to these these cars moving at 200 miles an hour around a track 
but uh, it was just a beautifully executed race by Red Bull in all aspects, both drivers, both both teams. It was great. Yeah, my only like my only problem with like the just like never ending praise of Checo is that this car looks significantly more competitive than it did when they had Albon and when they had Gasly. And I think that's worth noting that like, it's not just, oh, they got Albon. It's like, no, but I think they got the right guy, the right car at the right time. And it's all coming together. It's not, it's not just that they plug. I think if you plug Checo in to the, the 2019 Red Bull, he was he was going to have a lot bigger struggles than what we've seen from him this year, but it just seems to all be coming together for Red Bull right now. Yeah, and especially what we're seeing with Gasly, where he's he's had he's had a lot of success at AlphaTauri, um, is that and kind of Gasly too, where he seems to be that guy where he doesn't like, and I, and I think I think that the main difference is that Checo is a little bit older, a little more experienced, so he handles he's going to handle that pressure a lot better than somebody who like Gasly, who was a young kind of up and coming driver. He's probably not going to handle that as well. Um, I think it definitely plays a part into it. And, and Checo is not going to be intimidated by, you know, Bottas, clearly, or even Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think kind of the, as a terrible segue here, kind of the opposite of what we saw from Red Bull this week um, was what was happening uh, down at Ferrari with just an absolute disaster of a race. Charles Leclerc started seventh, finished 16th, and Carlos Sainz started fifth and finished 11th, both of them outside the points, which hurts even more when you see McLaren finishing 5-6. So McLaren were two points behind them and constructors jumped them. McLaren now have a 16-point lead over Ferrari uh, for third place in the constructors. I mean, outside of just the, the obvious that you know, the, the track conditions on Sunday were a lot cooler. No, no one's data on the tires, uh, was really relevant by the time that the lights went out. Um, just what, what went wrong for Ferrari? Like, should we be, should we be really worried about them? Or is this just kind of a, a one-off, one-off weird, weird week? I want to say it's a one-off weird week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we knew there was going to be some tire. I mean, we knew that the, the two pitch strategy that we saw this with Mercedes and um, we praised Chuckle for making his tires last. But I mean, Ferrari's tires were gone way before anybody well, else. Claire pitted like lap sixteen, and like they were tr- they tried everything and nothing worked. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. Weird. I don't know if it's something they got going on in their cars or what. And I'm not ready to write them off yet. But that was this is just an extremely. I mean, it's unforgettable. It was concerning. Both yes, Leclerc sir. and Signs were visibly pissed after the race, and rightfully so. And they just not it, it's not a week for Ferrari. You 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 cannot have Charles Leclerc finishing 16th is a joke. Yeah. Behind yeah. Giovinazzi, Ocon, Yuki, George Russell, both Aston Martins, and both Alpines, both Alpha Tauris, now that I look at it. I mean that's that's yeah. not acceptable. <laughs> no, that can't happen. And and unfortunately, I I think I was reading that uh I don't think Ferrari has any more plans. Yep. To, to as make far any as more changes upgrades. to their car. Yeah, they, yeah, so yeah they, it's only going to be minor gotta packages. They've got to squeeze out yeah. what they can out of this current performance package. And uh, if it's going to look like that, they've got a, a long rest of the season ahead of them. But uh, you know, I mean, it's Ferrari. They should bounce back. Even. I mean, the, the, they looked fine in qualifying. They were not, you know, uh, fifth and seventh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's about where I'd expect yeah. them to qualify. So, so I don't know what happened there on from Saturday to Sunday, but um, 
yeah, hopefully they get it figured out. The only thing I guess we would to, to bring that up is a qualifying versus the race that we seem to say this a lot with Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari's this, race pace has not been able to their, match their qualifying pace. Their yeah. qualifying pace and their race pace is just not on the same. Not, I mean, think about how Leclerc's at two poles this season. I don't know if he's even at a podium off the top of my Those head. Those were the last two races, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's like he's and it's and like he so I, 16th. And they're consistently, yeah, and they're consistently finishing below where they're qualifying and just. And even when the race starts, I mean, they're getting passed immediately. Like, they're immediately dropping positions. And I know we talked about how Sainz and, and Leclerc have done well. I mean, they're Ferraris in fourth right now. It's what it is. But, no, they, they've got to get something figured out because their qualifying times are consistently beating their race times, and they're just turning it in with Sunday – excuse me, Saturday drivers out there. Yeah, it's it's – the only thing that really concerns me is that is that Paul Ricard in France is just is kind of just like a tradition. I mean, it's a traditional high speed circuit, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of those circuits than we are going to be seeing like the Bakus and the Monacos where yeah. they took pole back to back. We don't really have many more of those those types of circuits left. We've got more traditional circuits. Um, so I'm I, I am a little worried that that we're not going to going to be able to see see the best from Ferrari moving forward especially that now that they've said that they've got their eyes on on 2022 um but I guess we got to kind of go and give give McLaren a shout out for what they were able to do um finishing five and sixth when behind the the Mercs and the Red Bulls um that's kind of best case scenario for them um when when all the Mercedes and Red Bulls finish Daniel Ricardo started 10th put pushed his way up into six we talked last week um about how we all kind of thought McLaren might have the higher ceiling than Ferrari, but we hadn't really seen it yet. Are we starting to see the the ceiling from McLaren? Is is Ricardo back? I guess is the the hot take question I want to pose. <laughs> it, looked, it looked good. It looked real good. Like Norris was great. Norris Norris might be the most consistent driver on the track. I mean, he's just that dude is a he's a he's booked for basically fourth or fifth every single week. And yeah, finally a great race out of Ricardo. They're working together. They're passing people. They were pinning at the right times at a great strategy. They, I mean, everything that went wrong for Ferrari basically went right for McLaren this week. And just, yeah, if you're Ricardo, if you're a Ricardo Norris or McLaren fan, it's a uh, pretty happy this weekend in, in France. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> the race for, uh, best of the rest behind Red Bull and, and Mercedes is definitely getting pretty interesting and it'll be a whole lot more interesting moving forward. If the honey badger can keep this up because man, that, that was incredible. That was, I've missed that. Honestly, watching him go at it with Norris. Um, they both look strong and um, yeah, we mentioned it on the, on the last episode that um, that tandem works. They, they can go pretty far, you know, like that they've definitely got a high ceiling, um, with uh, Lando and Ricardo. So, yeah, that was great to see, and I hope we get more of it. Yeah, 100%. I think that, that's, that that battle between McLaren and Ferrari, I hope it stays as competitive as it has been. Um, hopefully, McLaren doesn't really widen this gap any further because they looked firmly to be the, the best of the rest. It kind of reminded me of one of the races at the end of last year um, where McLaren had, had kind of cemented themselves as, as the best of the rest. Um, and to go back to Ian's point about Norris, I believe it's like it's like seven or eight of his last ten races he's finished top five, which is just absolutely incredible. When you're in the third best car at best on any given Sunday, yeah, and he's and he's pulling out top fives like it every, almost every single time. I mean that that's just absolutely ridiculous. 
So alongside Lando Norris, some other drivers had had good days. Both of the Aston Martins, uh, we had uh, Sebastian Vettel in ninth, Lance Stroll in tenth, um, Fernando Alonso pulling out uh, pulling out eighth place um, for the Alpine. Um, Esteban Ocon fourteenth in his home <sighs> Grand Prix. Not a not Dude. a good showing there. Um, and honestly, nothing uh, nothing really notable from from Alfa Romeo or the Hasses, but George Russell pulling out 12th in the, uh, in the Williams. So I guess between, between Russell, Ocon, Yuki, Stroll and Vettel and Alonzo, like where did we, and I guess we'll, we'll throw Gasly in there too, just for, for, you know, for those teams, what, what was kind of the, what stood out most to you guys? Well, I predicted a double Alpine point finish. So uh, that didn't go too great. Um, yeah. Ocon, he looks off to me, man. You can't be you can't be getting out outperformed in that car by by a guy who was signed basically off the streets and Fernando Alonso when Alpine took him on. You know, like uh, he's supposed to be the guy over there moving forward, and uh, yeah, it just hasn't looked good. Um, I don't know, I don't know what his deal is, but to be fair, he beat Charles Leclerc by two. So if you told him that going into the weekend, I'm sure he would have been I'm sure he would take that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I predicted that Lance Stroll was going to be top five, and that was like top the, six, top six. You know, give yourself some six. Credit. That was after qualifying. That was like the Hindenburg of predictions. Um, but he, him passing a lot of people, finishing in the points was impressive. Um, I, I think there's. I was happy with Gasly going seven. And like I said, he's a uh, he. He knows his role at Alpha Tower and outside of all the other teams that you know he he had a top finish there. Um, and George Russell 12th was, I think that's his highest finish ever in a Williams. And it's a shame that he couldn't get points out of it. We but had no DNFs, no DNFs. There's only been 11 F1 races ever with no DNFs. I will, and it's I will, the week that George Russell does. I will say one thing with absolute supreme confidence is that the Williams Mercedes, the Williams car is not the 12th best car on the grid. So all props to George Russell. Um, I, I think they're, I know we talked about it before, but the, uh, the bodice turmoil and that George Russell driving really well seems to be some, if you're a, if you're a fortune teller, I think, I think that, uh, George Russell to a Mercedes is only a matter of time before uh, before that gets announced. We hope so. I think that's that, yeah. that's a great storyline going into next year. But I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Pierre Gasly. I don't have anything to add because it's not sexy. That's the whole problem. Gasly finished in seventh. He does this like every time and nobody notices because it's seventh place, whatever. But he does find a way to kind of maximize that car um, more often than not. Good race from Alonzo. But George Russell... Finishing ahead of an Alpha Tauri, uh, an Alpine, and a Ferrari. Like, yeah, you heard those rumors last week, and it just yeah. went into a whole different gear. I just love it. Just having no DNFs. The one week he would—I mean, he had a damn near perfect race, and he does no shot at a point because no, nothing crazy happens. Like, despite yeah. just as good of a race as you can pretty much get from a. From George Russell. So that that's kind of all I've got for the competition. Uh, uh, Schumacher and Mazepin, more drama. We see you, Pierre Gasly. Yank Chat Pod sees and appreciates you, Pierre Gasly. Nobody else may be giving you love. We're giving you love, Pierre Gasly. This is, this is, a, this is a Pierre Gasly positive pod. Keep driving the hell out of that Honda, baby. 
His his you know it's not sexy finishing seventh, but but no. he's been looking sexy with that. Dude, that he's sexy. That cars the, the cars sexy. The white wheels they just look so different, man. They stand out. I love it. I'm a huge Alphatari guy. That's not where I thought this this Pierre Gasly love was gonna go. But you know what? If if no no other podcast will do it, we'll be the ones to do it. Pierre, if, if you want to hop on, yeah. Anytime you want to hop on, Pierre, we'll talk to you. That being said, who you guys got there? Uh, honestly, a lot of good options this week. Who you guys got for for driver of the day? I had a list of like seven guys when I was trying to narrow this down. Ian, who you got? Um, I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to take Verstappen. Uh, I thought it was really impressive to overtake the Mercedes when you were not leading. Um, he had an error on the first lap, um, was able to overcome that when the race widened his lead in the Constructors' Championship. A lot of other good guys this week, Russell, Ricardo, Norris, um, but I think I'm going to have to go with a race winner and as boring as that is with uh, Max Verstappen. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think, um, you know, Max could have easily gotten rattled there after that uh, going wide at that second turn right at the beginning uh, and the race ended just as wildly as it started. So that was a uh, beautiful driving from him all day. Really good strategy from the team there over at Red Bull. I love this new era of, of Formula One here where there's undercuts galore. Everyone's... Th- th- cutthroat in the pits um so yeah it was good to see that whole package come through for max and the team yeah i think and i i was talking about this with ian earlier that the the red bull and the mercedes are seem to be so tight this year that those little strategic moves and all these little mistakes are so magnified that yep. it's it, it's we yep. almost take it for granted when we're sitting here on our couch i'm eating a bagel at you know 9 30 in the morning watching them but for max verstappen to not really make any more errors and drive you know, almost perfectly lap after lap after lap after lap after lap. That's what he needed to do to be able to overtake Hamilton with one lap to go. It wasn't just, oh, it was inevitable. No, it's only inevitable when you've got a guy driving at that level. So because that's what Lewis has done for for so long. You know, Lewis has been perfect and and he could get away with, you know, little mistakes here and there early on and and, and, and overcome those. So it's good to see finally someone step up to his level and, and give him give him a challenge. Yeah, um, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go, Max, for for my driver of the day. Um, number two, I'll give a shout out to Lando. Um, just a just an excellent drive from him to to pull out a top five. Um, he uh, he was on the better strategy than Ricardo, um, but man, I mean, da- Daniel Ricardo like at, it seems like he has no shot to beat Lando Norris week in and week out, and we're through seven races. Like, what an amazing job by him! And I don't think there is really any question about the wanker of the week i'm giving it to ferrari just ferrari i don't know if there's one man i can necessarily pin this or woman i can pin this on but ferrari in general wanker of the week no one else really had that bad of a showing the hasses were 19th and 20th as expected but uh i mean charles leclerc finishing 16th i think it's like his worst finish since he was driving for sauber like god yeah no it's it's ferrari was i mean if you if you even want to remotely second would be, well, maybe Mercedes should listen to Bottas, but no, it's clearly Ferrari and whatever on earth, their race strategy, tire strategy, car strategy, driver strategy. Set up, um, yeah. It was all bad. Yeah. Absolute I don't know. Disaster. I don't know who the wanker is over there, but uh, they got to get their ass figured out. All right. Let's get into some, uh, some predictions here for uh, next week. We've got the, the Austrian, or I can't remember which one's the Austrian Grand Prix and which one's the Styrian Grand Prix. We've got a back-to-back from the uh, Red Bull ring here in, in Austria. Um, I guess hit me with uh, everybody. Give me your, 
your poll and race winner as we've been doing, but I also want one hot take, hot prediction. You know, it doesn't have to be the craziest thing in the world, but just something that we can we can look back on and judge next week for how wrong we all were, were but that one time where you get it right, it's going to be sweet. All right. I'm going to go with a Hamilton poll, but my race winner and hot take kind of fall together. And I'm going to say Lando Norris wins in Austria next week. I'm going to ride the high of McLaren and Lando Norris gets his first win in Formula One next week. Stole my thunder, Ian. That's tough to gonna, top right there, man. Nah, I was going to say, Lando, this, this is where Lando got his first podium. No, it's a, it holds a special place in his heart. So so I could totally see that. Um, I'm going with a, a big Lando performance as well. Uh, let's go uh, Max Pohl. You know, let's let's keep, let's keep it real here. Verstappen Pohl. Verstappen's going to look strong all weekend, as he has. Uh, but, yeah, I got uh, Lando coming away with the, the big bag of points at the end. Ooh, two Landos. <laughs> Big on the McLaren this week. We, and just so everybody knows, Johnny and I did not talk about this before <laughs> the pod. This is straight out of both of our heads. We have had no um, – There's, I, I can't think of the right word. We haven't worked together at all on this. So, can't Big crash in Q1 incoming for yeah. Lando Norris. Fade Lando the opposite Norris. Of a pod yeah. Bump. yeah. Lando Norris finishes 14th at Austria. Thanks, Yank Shaft Pod. All right. Ian, Ian's been hot though. He this might be the Titanic of predictions. <laughs> and uh Ian, you did you did go double max last week, which you know isn't the hottest take in the world, but you know, you've you've been on a bit of a bit of a heater here with the predictions. I am gonna go double ham just because somebody somebody has to. I just man, I and at, like I brought up a few weeks ago, like I've been rooting against Mercedes for the last two years because they've been so far ahead of everybody else. But now it kind of feels like they're the underdog. Like for the drama, I want this season to come down to the last race. So I got to kind of root for the root for Mercedes. So I'm 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 going double ham, um, man, and and I'm predicting. Dan, an, another top six finish for Tanya Ricardo. Like I'm, I, I'm hoping that he he found something there. Uh, he gets on these more traditional circuits where he's got a, a little bit of room to to you know kind of bomb it, be the last of the late breakers, get in there. So it's not the hottest take in the world, but but after the season he's had, I think yeah, Dan, Danny Rick getting back in with another top six. No, I love that. The the closer we get to a to an Aussie shoey the better. So oh that's, all, that's, all, that's all the people want to see is a shoey. If Danny Rick gets a, if Danny Rick gets a podium this year, we'll, we'll all do a shoey on the, on the, the next podcast. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to commit to that. I can't speak for you guys, but I just did. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm locked in. Can't wait. All right. That's all we got. We'll catch you guys uh, next week for the recap of uh, first race in Austria. <laughs>